This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get amplified. Hello, Amplify You family. Michelle Abraham here. I am here today bringing you an Ask the Expert interview with Ginger Johnson. Ginger is so cool. I just have to tell you guys. <laughs> That's how I can explain you. It's so cool. <laughs> that's a great way to be explained, right? Oh, uh, she's a connector, great. speaker, coach, trainer, author. Uh, she's a TEDx speaker, which is really cool. Um, Ginger's whole thing is about the human connection. And I love how you say it's the, chemi- the human kind, not the optic fiber kind of connection. And <laughs> I just love, um, love what you're about. And I can't wait to dive into this conversation. So Welcome to the show. <laughs> Let's dive in. Excellent. Thank you for having me here. Thank you all for listening. It's a great value for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. So why connection? What's connection for you? <laughs> Let's just go big with that one. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, about four years ago, Michelle, I started getting really restless with what I was focused on. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I get restless, I listen to that. So I am noodling on something. I'm trying to figure something out. I've moved my furniture around enough and I still, like I'm still searching for that thing. So I thankfully had a get together with a girlfriend who's also um, in the transformation coaching space and we would trade ideas and support each other and ask questions and so forth. And, And we met and she said, Ginger, what if your thing isn't that thing anymore? What if you're done with that thing? And it seems like such a simple question, Michelle. (laughs) And how often are we not asking ourselves the really simple, obvious questions? That's why having your ripples, your closest people to you, be able to say, hey, Ginger, maybe you want to think about this or what about that? And so that friend said, what if it's not that anymore? And it was the sea change I needed. So it wasn't that. And I was, I think I was in inside thinking, oh, but I can, you know, what if I go out this way? And what if I go out this way? And how about this way? How about this way? And, <laughs> and she just said, well, what if it's not that thing? I'm like, oh yeah. And I remember this big sense of relief, liberation of, yeah. And, and that was fine. Like, I'm good with change. Mm-hmm. I'm good with change, Michelle, because it's coming at you anyway. And like a friend of mine says, you might as well open up your arms and give it a hug because here it comes. <laughs> so I knew it wasn't that thing anymore. So then I thought, well, what is it now? What am I shifting to? And so I gave myself the time and the grace, even though I'm incredibly impatient because we got a lot of world to change, to turn my super tanker. And it, you know, it's not like a Jeep Wrangler. It doesn't just turn. It's a <laughs> big wheel and it's long change sometimes for some people. Some people know what it is right away, but mm-hmm. I didn't, partially because the world to me, Michelle, is absolutely astoundingly, humblingly amazing. And the opportunities we have in free nations to pursue what it is we can do with and for other people 
blows my mind. I think that's where my hair went. Are we so lucky? It's all crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Literally blew your hair off. Right, right. It's like, woo, okay. (laughs) So I started turning that super tanker and I would pop up like a groundhog and say, oh, well, what if it's this? Oh yeah, it's this. And you get all frothed up. Like, you know, that's an entrepreneur. It's both a, 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 a gap and an opportunity. So we have to discern which one it is. And so I would do that like, oh, yeah, 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 go back down. Like, nope, not quite. So then I'd pop up again. I did that three or four times. And the last time, of course, it's always the last time. Like, oh, it's human connection. Oh, and by the way, it's always been human connection, whether it's been my marketing, my firefighting, my bread store, my, my hardware, whatever it is, there's always been connection. And that's when I knew that's what it was. So then I paused right away and said, okay, so what is it? <laughs> Oh, it's this thing. And to me, I don't use the P word. I don't use the passion word, Michelle, because we're passionate about stuff. You hear crimes of passion. Well, I don't want to do that. Um, (laughs) We hear different ways. And if that's your jam, great. I don't use that word. I use purpose. And so even even my book, the the canon, which was the first thing I did because I wanted to be really clear on the what is it? Mm -hmm. Because how many people, listeners, yourself, myself, we're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that thing. What, how do we explain it? And our mouth is just like mumbo jumbo and we're not clear. And we sure as heck can't amplify our message if we're not clear. So I wrote the book and decided that, okay, I'm going to make sure I know what my message is so I can teach it. And the second reason I wrote the book, which would be really transparent on this, is for leverage. Like, mm-hmm. I love business and I want to make a great living so I can give back. So I want to live the life I want to live. And I believe in that. And so I wrote it so I was clear. And so I had the leverage to do my magic forward. People like hiring people who have written a book. Mm-hmm. They do. It's like, they like uh, interviewing them. They like bringing them in as a speaker. They like bringing them in as a trader. They like hiring right. them for everything. Right. It's amazing. You know what I learned about that too? And, and especially with the Amplify You and, and your great business, Michelle, is that I learned that writing a book wasn't so much about what's inside the pages. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, yes, it has enormous value, but really... After I wrote my first book, people were like, oh, you, you wrote a book. And I, mm-hmm. oh, yes, I did. And then I realized that, oh, I completed something, <laughs> right? A big something that a lot of people in their lifetime don't complete. And I think that's right. the thing with books. Exactly. And a book will absolutely amplify your message, will absolutely propel you forward because it forces you to get clear, to quantify what feels very unquantifiable sometimes. And look, your book isn't about everything. Your book is about a piece. So I wrote that first book, got that under my belt. The second one was way smoother, way better, more efficient, everything like that. And and then I am able to amplify my message because I have this as a tool and it's it's really helpful, like a great podcast. It can be really helpful. It doesn't mean that everybody buys it, but it means that it's another piece to help you round out and be a comprehensive um, package, frankly. I mean, if you want to work for people, they're looking at all your parts. Was your second book about connection as well, just in a different space, or was it a completely different uh, topic? Uh, great question. My first book was about, okay, are you ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> My first book, I'll show you. It was from the previous work, and it was, uh, it's this one. Beer to woman. Oh, amazing. <laughs> how to sell, <laughs> sell me a drink? <laughs> how did you sell? It's, it was, I, my previous business was Women Enjoying Beer, the world's only company that studied women in their relationship with beer. Wow. Qualitative research. 
So that research, learning how to do research, Michelle, was really helpful in writing this. Now, that's a trade book. Yeah. So I have three copies of people in the beverage industry want to buy one, they have to come to me. But this one, this one is about what I believe connection to be. Mm-hmm. This was probably a harder book to write mm-hmm. because this is the message. This is the service I want to give. This is the teaching. Mm-hmm. And so now, two and a half years in from having this book, it's hardcover, yellow pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I have so much more information, intel, data, knowledge, call it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And now I can't wait to write my next book because one thing I do, and here's a pro tip for everybody who's in business, anytime you work with somebody, make sure that before you engage in that work, you ask questions. Now, that kind of seems obvious sometimes, doesn't it, Michelle? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but we get frothed up and we get excited and we forget to ask the questions that are going to make the relationship the best relationship mm-hmm. in service and frankly, in revenue. Like if you do your work, you will make better impact, stronger connections, uh, more revenue, longer lasting, like just, it just lines up like dominoes. So, so I'm going to, like, I got a lot of data now on that. Cause I ask all my clients three questions before we engage mm. and they're usually around the same fundamentals. And, and that's another pro tip, like stay, people say, stay in your lane. Well, think of your life as a super highway and pick the lane that you're focused on at the time mm-hmm. and, and stay in it. Cause that's what people are counting on you for, aren't they, Michelle? Like when they, yeah, come to absolutely. You, mm-hmm. they want to come to you because of your expertise and what you help them do. Mm-hmm. They, you could sell them hot dogs. You could take them on a boat ride, but this is the super lane that they found for you. And that's why they want you. And it's interesting. Cause my, in my business, um, growth over the years, um, I started off doing a lot of things for, the same audience. And I could do, we could do this, this, or this, or this. And it wasn't until we picked the podcasting lane that business went, whoop, you know, and that's like so important. And I think it goes right back to what you're saying about the, you know, people come to you, they want to trust you and they know that you know what you're doing, but you've got to be that, you got to pick the lane. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to trust you and know what you're doing. When you do pick that lane, it's very cyclical. You're absolutely right. One of my coaches who is from Caslow, BC, actually, um, he says, do you want to be a Pilsner glass or do you want to be a casserole dish? Hmm. Like, go deep. The riches are in the niches, the expertise. People will hire experts. Yeah. Generalists, that's harder. And yet we, we tend to throw like, I can do this and I can do that. That was the mistake I made with my beer business. Like, oh yeah, I can. And I literally could, but I was so deluded that nobody knew exactly what my message was. If I were to push the rewind button, blah, 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 <laughs> like I would, I would pick one slice of that pie. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing in my fitness business too. It was like, you know, we were changing what we were doing every few months based on what the trends were. And it's like, no, we should have just picked right. that. We were like the spin studio or the body studio, not everything. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, learn so those true. lessons. They have to learn them a few times before they stick sometimes, right? <laughs> sometimes. So when you're talking to your clients about those three things, what are those three questions that you're asking? What is it that you want to know and why, hmm. like, how does that relate to what you're doing? Sure. Um, that's the first time somebody's asked me. Um, <laughs> I asked them three questions centered on our work together. So everything I do goes to human connection. It's the why and how to connect with people on purpose, with purpose to create and develop relationships. That's the long dictionary entry. So to that end, how do, what does, when do, what is the audience needing? Not Mm -hmm. just wanting, Michelle, because there's a big difference, isn't there? 
Yeah, totally. And they could be totally like this apart and not like yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and frankly, this day and age, we don't have very many needs. Like most of most of our needs are, t- we have roofs over our heads, we have something to eat. We are not being chased by a, a, some sort of anim- other animal, which maybe that'd be a good thing, but <laughs> here we are. And so my questions always focus on what are the challenges? I don't like the problem pain point um you know, lead them out of the dark valley. I think that that's the wrong way to create a community because you're immediately assuming something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And even though we all have challenges, we don't need to focus on what's wrong. And so semantics are really important to me. And so I'll ask a question, what, what's a challenge you're having right now with human connection? Now that's really broad at the same time, nobody hesitates. Everybody's got a response. And so it opens up so many avenues. And I learned in doing research with my previous business how to ask a good question. I still have a lot to learn and I'm much better at, okay, I want this kind of input, not meaning that I want the answer that I want. I want responses that are authentic. And so crafting a great question is critical. And so one is always, uh, what are the, what's the challenge? And I don't say the only challenge, the top challenge. I say, what's one challenge? Because when we have to narrow it in that close, it's like somebody with three kids. Who's your favorite kid? Don't ask that question. <laughs> I like everyone. <laughs> right, right. No, no, I mean the other one. Like, who's in the room? You know? <laughs> um, another one is often um, related specifically to my client, the organization, the association, the team, the leadership, whoever I uh, get to work with. For example, I'm working with a terrific emerging leaders group right now within an association. Totally sweet spot, Michelle, because they're they're really interested, they're going, they're moving. And so I'll ask them a question specifically related to their career because that's why we're doing this cohort. Um, And then the other one is something similar, all relating back to how do I specifically serve them? The questions I ask too, uh, I wanna look at this holistically, are, around the topic the person chooses from what I offer, which is a very limited menu, by the way, same, same lane, um, based on their organization, what my expertise is and who the audience is. So I'm working with that same association in multiple ways mm-hmm. and the questions will be slightly different, but they are expecting something from me. So there's another lesson I call the juice. People have expectations and while expectations can be really Um, they can be pressure or they can be liberation. I like to think of it as an agreement. Hey, I'm working with this emerging leaders group. We're calling it a let's grow series in this particular case. Mm. Okay. See, that still leaves lots of room. Mm -hmm. Just like you amplify your message. There are so many ways you can do that. And it is specific enough. It's my message and I want to make it amplified. Okay. Get on board. Let's go and let's find the best solution. So that's generally where they come from. That first one's almost always the same. And then the other two are swirling around that based on supporting what they are up against or what they're dealing with or what they want to learn. Mm-hmm. And now are you doing that so that it's measurable and quantitatively, like at the end of working together, you can go back to the question at the beginning and make sure that you've answered that. Like I've worked on a lot of projects before where it's like, it starts like this and then it creeps like this, but it's like at the end of the day, like when do you do that end is like, you check to see if things like that first, those first questions were answered, right? That is a phenomenal question. Keep asking that question, Michelle. (laughs) Um, I, when I asked the questions, I actually got that idea from Kendra Hall and Kendra Mm -hmm. Hall is a master storyteller and teaches storytelling. 
K-I-N-D-R-A Hall. And she said, contact a handful of people who are going to be in the room because the people in the room are not necessarily the person who pays you. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference who you are working for. And so I personally, I look at the one who signs the check, literally. And, and the audience is important. I know if I make my client happy, then they will perceive that the audience is happy. Right. And, and, you know, surveys are a, are a sticky wicket. I, I don't put a lot of sauce in surveys, Michelle, because there's so many ways to misinterpret and, and bad questions abound. At the same time, to your, que- to your question, am I measuring and coming back to those? What I actually do that works really well for me is I factor in that, that input into the talk. Mm-hmm. And so it's unmistakably about them. Mm-hmm. And that's a win right off the bat. Now, I'm a storyteller. I'm very lively. When I'm in the room, I move around. Even when I'm on Zoom, I'm moving around, as you can see. Um, and so I, I also am fortunate. I have a really strong memory for certain things. And so that serves me really well, to be honest. Um, keep notes if, if you don't have as strong a memory. But I tuck in those pieces and those exact words. Pro tip, use people's exact words. Do not paraphrase. Um, don't assume you know what they mean. Because if you came to me and said, Ginger, I feel so busy. And I say, oh, Michelle, you're feeling overwhelmed. No, no, no. Those are two different things. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, so, yeah. And I can come back and gauge that. And a lot of my clients like to put out surveys. Okay, great. Wh- whatever. That's their choice. It's interesting. But I don't, it's not the end game for me. Just like reviews, I honestly don't care a whole lot about reviews. Mm-hmm. I care about the people in the room right now. And having these kinds of conversations, because that's where people test your metal. That's where they mm. see if you're their person or not. Mm-hmm. And so I can, I don't measure it, but I will circle back to say, oh, and then I, I touch base many times. I'm a very unique, um, you know, call me speaker, fine. I, I consider myself an expert who speaks because people will pay experts and not necessarily speakers. Another pro mm-hmm. tip, call yourself an expert. So so it is interesting and it depends on the client too, right? Like some of the thankful, the best clients for me are the ones who actually show up, especially if they're the leader, they show up in the room. So they experience it with their team that sends so many messages back and forth. I have a phenomenal CEO I work with in the IDD space, intellectual and developmental disability space. And she shows up for every single training. We did three right in a row in February. She was at every single one. Did she have other things on her plate? Yes, she did. She knew she needed to show up. She wanted to show up. Plus, I'm a different show every time. <laughs> so even though it's a different main audience, like she got something different. And I got to highlight her differently each time too. So I get to amplify her message and her vision as another voice. Mm, that's awesome. Now I noticed on your one of your taglines is that connectors are going to change the world. What makes you say that? And I, I'm, I'm curious your take on that. Yeah. So I don't use the N word, Michelle. I use the C word. I don't, I don't personally use networking. I use connecting. And connectors change the world because in my definition and how I teach, first of all, there's no judgment. Call it whatever you want. I, don't, I think of network as a noun. It's something, mm-hmm. but it's not the somebody. Right. The connections are the body. The network is the thing. And so that's, you know, have a stake in the ground. 
for what you're talking about. Just like with your fitness, you could do Pilates, you could do this, but no, yeah. no, pick. <laughs> pick a <line. laughs> and, Yeah. And so connectors to me are so many things. They are real. They are genuine. They are thoughtful. They are following up and following through. They are doing things and practicing different characteristics and attributes that we don't actually equate with networking. Now, for the record, networking is a great term. It was coined in the like the uh, early 1900s, became into popular social uh, use because it was a way to exercise and leverage your social capital. Okay. It's similar that the today's modern networking and meeting people has been changed with watered down cocktails and sweaty handshakes and mm -hmm. clicks and nobody knows how to break into those. So, so there's, to me, there's a difference and that's what I teach too of what do you do to make a deep, meaningful relationship? I don't mean creepy, I don't mean asking intimate, but I mean being personal. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I mean. Connectors, people who put the investment into connecting, mm -hmm. like our friend Janice, yes. um, you know, they, you see that it's one at a time. Yeah. Pro tip, it's not about vanity metrics, my friends. Please, yeah. please, please. I had another invite today to an online summit, which is great. I'm always grateful for them. I'm always open to entertaining them. You have to have at least 5,000 people on your email list. I'm like, hmm, are those 5,000 meaningful connections? Are people yeah. active? Like, you know this. Are they yeah. really paying attention? Is it just downloads or are they actually listening? Right. It is interesting. I had this conversation with one of my clients who she was like, all these summits keep asking me for 5,000 people. But she's like, you know, I have 1,500 or 1,800, but I know every single one of them. I'm like, that is way more valuable than 5,000 just names. So, yes. yeah, I totally agree with you. <laughs> so true, because you can't amplify your lesson and your message with an inactive crowd. That's right. That's just everybody not listening to the band. The band doesn't appreciate that either. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? You up and dance. Yeah. I, in fact, I cleaned my email list earlier this year. Talk about a leap of faith. Um, I had gone from over 7,000 with my women in beer business, and I let them know, full disclosure, Hey, I'm shifting gears. I'm changing directions. I'd love to have you come along. And if you don't, thank you so much. I love you. Goodbye. And slowly but surely, like Michelle, you gotta you gotta have a strong faith in yourself yeah. to invite people to leave. Yeah, and so exactly. I did that, and it it went down to about four thousand. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then at the beginning of this year, I said, "Gosh, there's so many people who are never opening anything." And so my husband looked into it because he's a great tech mind, and he found that fully half of our 4,000 list hadn't opened anything in the last two years. I'm like, let's let it go. Yeah. yeah. Because a, I'm paying for a service yeah. for that number of memberships. They're not, they're not getting anything out of it. Right. I'm not getting anything out of it. There's no amplification. In fact, it's just, you know, radio silence. So I said, okay, let's cut them loose. So I wrote a brief email. Are you not, is there something I'm not giving you? Are you not getting something? And if, you know, if there's something else you'd like, let me know. Otherwise, as of this date, we're going to, we're going to eliminate you from the list. Mm -hmm. like, that takes some brass ovaries. And I'm so glad I did it because now I know the people who chose to stay in for the mm -hmm. most part are active in some way, shape or form. Yeah. So like your friend, 15, 18, she knows them all. Great. That's who you want. Yeah. You don't need that many to have a robust, engaged, productive, revenue driving mm -hmm. community. Absolutely. So now that, you know, we we're talking about sweaty handshakes and the watered down cocktails and the after 
five kind of crowd for networking. It's funny because uh, since I've moved uh, like out of the city off the grid, there's like zero networking where I live. And so since, uh, I mean, I've lived up here for a few years, but I've really missed that, like connecting with people and really, um, you know, getting to know them on a personal level. And there's still a few groups that I really do enjoy going to, but have monthly events. But since the pandemic happened, there's been a shift in a lot of, vir a lot of virtual networking groups popping up. And I have to say, I am loving connecting with people on these virtual platforms because it's like everyone starts at the same level. Mm -hmm. There's no circles. There's no like, you know, let's go have our own private conversation over here. There's no, you go into the room and it's like very open. Um, what would you say the best way to connect with people uh, on from a virtual platform like that and be like the most personable and like the most connecting you can be, but knowing that you're all on Zoom? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, fantastic question. So um, let's talk a little bit about theory and then we'll do a few tactics. Mm -hmm. So um, good for you. First of all, this time is absolutely unprecedented. No doubt. If you're listening to a recording, this is filmed right smack dab in the middle of COVID 2020. So there's so much opportunity, Michelle. There's so much opportunity, so much more we can do than what we can't do. We don't like the boundaries, but that's, it, we can still stay safe. We can still yeah. stay alive. That's kind of the game plan. So think about that. Go into it with a connector's mindset, which is positive, objective, and willing. Spells POW. It's in the book. Go into it with that. Who am I going to meet? There are people just like you at all stages of vert status, if you use that, to equalize it. Truly. I almost never use the word equalize, Michelle. And I'm so glad you brought this up because we do all start. We're all a headshot or at least a, you know, yeah. ribs up shot. There's and no so, comparing. There's no talking. There's no like behind your back kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 So it is a, a massive opportunity. So a couple of tactical things is, um, first of all, I'm encouraging people right now to like cut their meetings in half, mm -hmm. use a lot more phone time, a lot less screen time. Because the voice is still incredibly powerful. Sound is, empower is powerful for us. And so when you don't have this, like my friend Hobie, who's been blind from birth, he's like, I wouldn't want sight. Like, I'm so in tune to the other stuff that's going on. So some tactical, if you run these kinds of events or if you participate, leave your sound on. If we were in the room together, there's no mute button. We are missing, we are literally missing the ambient noises. Mm. Yeah, the bus is gonna go by or the motorboat or the kid might scream in the back or the dog might bark, you know, that's life. So as much as possible, leave it open. Priya Parker, who wrote the book, The Art of Gathering, brilliantly covered this in her newsletter last week. Don't mute yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so as much as possible, leave that on. Another one is like, I just backed up while you asked this question. Most of my teachings, I am at least, waist up and that has a powerful impact because if we were sitting in the room together standing in the room together we'd be able to see all of each other mm. and so we need instead of like that yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, psychologically that's freaky <laughs> yeah. if you don't like hey michelle did you have some of the canapes over there um <laughs> unless you're a really good friend and you're whispering about you know you're you're running your pantyhose or whatever um so try to emulate as much of a real situation as possible. Um, another great tactic, and maybe you've heard this one already, I'm guessing you have, is that if it's an anticipatory event and you have some um, wiggle room before, send something to everybody who's gonna be in the room. Mm. 
and have that puzzle pieces are a phenomenal trick you know everybody gets a blank puzzle piece and you all answer a question or something like that and then you realize that the 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 metaphor is that we need each other to fit together to make this community so there's a bunch of things like that i also do when i teach I'm getting into the practice of doing vocal warm-ups because we tend to talk louder at the computer <laughs> for some reason it's like shouting at a deaf person like no they still can't hear you so you need to like be aware of your voice mm. because you can't amplify your message if you've gone hoarse so those are some some tactical pointers um and and make sure that everything don't distract people are like how do i do this without being distracted i'm like guess what that's on you. So turn off Facebook, turn off the email. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Close it down. Put your devices in the other room. Be in a comfortable spot. Have some hydration um, because we are talking and we literally aspirating more. And so we need to stay hydrated, which of course preserves our voice as well. Yeah. yeah, those are great tips. Thank you. You know, it's really great connecting. I feel like there's been so much more connection in my business and with people I know since the pandemic started and I love that like I feel like it's my, like uh we were just even though we're in a screen I feel like it still feels like a little bit more connecting happening um than previously and maybe it's just me but um, I, feel I feel that way I feel like there's just this explosiveness of connectivity around like especially in the entrepreneur community like you know as soon as I you know Jenna's met you she interviewed you she connected me with you. Like, and I interview you. I love you. I'm going to connect you with somebody else. Like, I feel like there's a lot of that going on. There's so much interweaving, weaving into all of our, my communities right now. And I love it. Like I'm a huge connector. I feel like that's like one of my like things that I could do all day long and never get paid for it and not care. And like, just that's if I could just do that all day long, that's awesome. Right. And right. so I just feel like there's been, I don't know if people are caring more or they're more, they're more open to um, meeting people virtually, but I tell you, saving a lot of time and like driving to meetings and paying for meeting space and, you know, connecting this way. I mean, I was flying a lot to conferences to meet people and to uh, expand my network and stuff, but you know, it's nice to be able to do it on online as well. Saves more, more family time for me. <laughs> A lot of people probably feel the same. There's that's another opportunity of this, and and it's a great. We need to look in the rear view on this, Michelle, and say, mm -hmm. were those practices the best practices? Could I have changed before? Well, yes, we could have. Mother Nature just squeezed the accordion, mm -hmm. and I think some of what you're feeling and what a lot of people are feeling is now we have to be a lot more intentional. There's mm -hmm. a lot less incidental, and there's a lot more intentional. So if I want to stay connected and more than stay we're really the emotional side of it michelle has really kicked in the the existing loneliness and disconnect epidemic mm -hmm. identified by the, by the american psychological association this has taken a huge spike yeah huge spike i i have a wonderful coaching client she works she happens to work with the who and they're definitely they're they're looking forward like what is the mental health crisis and how is that developing mm -hmm. and so with the intention that you're talking about you know, you're happily embracing that this is a unique opportunity and and when it boils down to it this is what it is so again put the lament on the shelf and figure out how to best do this so you do feel connected and it's really about the emotion and the feeling because we're social creatures we all know this doesn't matter if you identify as a wallflower or dancing on the table we all want to have that feeling of belonging worth and value and so i, I love that you shared 
yeah, I'm enjoying it more and it's different. It opens up the globe. You know, there's only so many people at Ruby Lake. There's only so many people. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And that's great. And the tendrils and the opportunities of, of the true network is mind-blowingly wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I really, we feel lucky to be a part of this and, uh, you know, be able to connect with people and just, you know, share that human experience with them. Even though yes. we are through screens, like, I think yes. you can still be a human, you can still be authentic, you can still connect yes. and have a personal connection. Yes, through screens. Right? <laughs> so Ginger, if one of people want to find out more information about you, where to connect with you, where to work with you, how, where do we look for you? Oh. Michelle, I love you. Uh, uh, gingerjohnson.com, G-I-N-G-E-R-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. That is my hub, my website. Uh, they can go there. I am from there. I am very active on LinkedIn, so requests are welcome. Let me know that you watched this great show with Michelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a YouTube channel, which includes my speaker reel, my TED Talk, but, and a whole bunch more how-tos and ways to think about human connection, okay. Twitter, Instagram. So there's, there's a bunch of, I have my own uh, show, The Not-So-Secret Ingredient business show. It's, uh, you know, I know somebody who's probably going to be on there anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah, but gingerjohnson.com is the way to start. That's where the book is found too. I do not sell it online anywhere else. Awesome. That's so great guys. Make sure you connect with ginger, invite her on your show. She's a great guest, you guys. And, uh, you know, love that connection. And, and I love the message that you're bringing out here today. So thank you for joining us today. Amplify uh, you family out there. Uh, until next time, go check out what Ginger's up to. Follow her on LinkedIn and all the other social media platforms. And go watch her TED Talk. Tell her that you leave her a comment under the TED Talk too. So thank you so much, Ginger, for being with us today. I look forward to connecting again with you soon. Hey, Michelle, you're a great host. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.